0: This episode's been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, Coach Abby, Daniel, and myself catch up with our old friend Sherry Tucci currently lives in New York City. How is everyone doing with what's going on in the world today?
1: Uh, Well, if you guys aren't aware, I'm in New York City, which is supposedly the epicenter of this whole thing for the country. Um, But other than that, it's been it's been weird adjusting to the new normal of like working from home and staying at home and not really seeing people that i would like to see um especially after you know adjusting to that after a whole year you know i'm missing you guys missing people at ut people back in houston so it's a little rough but we're getting through
2: here in houston um Definitely not nearly as bad as probably some other places, but we again we got like our you know stay home uh, order that obviously some companies don't care any about about anyway <laughs> and they're making us go to work regardless. But otherwise, um, it's pretty normal. I, I don't think anything. I know obviously people are not going out as much, um, but people are still kind of eating out. Uh, obviously delivery. Um, I still see plenty of cars on the road. Um, my commute is usually an hour, um, one way now it's only 30 minutes. So that's been great. I'm uh, usually, you know, I hate my commute, but that's been actually kind of like one positive I can take out of this. But other than that, I don't think, um, here in Houston, it's been any different than any other city. Um, you know, we should all be for the most part, uh trying to limit our contact and and staying home but i think some people are still and again for essential stuff like groceries gas whatever they're probably um there's still probably people out there just going about their normal daily lives
3: i'm uh, i'm kind of kind of enjoying this time um and i mean i did have to come to terms with uh, obviously, not you know, not seeing my coworkers, not seeing my friends, and that's that's definitely hard. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, I'm definitely doing my best to stay in touch with people remotely. You know, obviously, this podcast is a great way to hear y'all's lovely voices. Um, but I don't know, man. My uh, my roommate uh, took pulled pork on Friday, and we just sat down in the middle of the day, had a two-hour lunch, and dinners uh, <laughs> out. Uh, Work was great after that. Just let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I I can get used to this. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm sure everyone in America could.
3: Like I look at y'all, and
0: at least for me, as someone that's just maybe a few years older than you, um, I I see where you're at in life, and I remember where it's at. You're you're at this. I, I observe that you're at this weird transition stage. You're about four four years removed from college. You're transitioning into this new stage in life. You're making all these adjustments. And then, bam, you know, one of the most historical pandemics hits you. And you have to make very sudden, drastic adjustments to this, compounded on top of the other adjustments in life you're already making. And I have to admit, I'm not too envious. Even though, me personally, I'm going through adjustments in life. Um, but where you all at, I see it. I can see the, um, the rapid adjustments and the challenges
2: it brings up. Mike, I'd actually argue the opposite um, because I, f- I wouldn't be envious of people right now with, with families, with, um, with to be honest, something on the line that they need to, you know, make sure that they keep their job. Um, obviously, yeah. if you're able to work from home, I think for the most part, you know, like you're still, you're still going to get your paycheck and everything. But yeah, there have been people who've, you know, gotten laid off, lost their jobs or they're working a in a industry where it's not feasible for them to even go to work if you can't have people at your actual establishment. Yeah. So, you know, again, like some companies will be like, Hey, we, we're, we we can not operate without people. And if we can't do that, there's no sense. We just don't have the revenue to pay you. Um, yeah. You know, in businesses, it's a very real, like, you know, I joke about like, you know, corporate America, but like from a business standpoint, it is tough, um, you know, how do you just have this uh, plan where you pay all your employees out of goodwill but you don't have any real revenue coming in? It's it's a really tough situation. I, it's not a hundred percent, you know, corporate greed there, it's legitimately you, your business and you gotta make some tough decisions. So yeah. I think for me, Daniel and Sherry, it's not, I don't think it's as bad just because, and again, I'm not saying it's not bad, but we're not necessarily having to worry too much. I think we all have stable jobs. We're right. all not worried about, like, putting something on the table, um, you know, putting food on the table. There are my co- my, I have coworkers workers who are legitimately like, I can't afford to miss a single paycheck and I really need this yeah. job. I hope I still get to keep this job and I can't afford to just, you know, no matter how bad it gets with the pandemic, I have to keep going to work if that's what, um, you know, my employer yeah. tells me to do because I need that paycheck. So I'm actually, I think we're in a much better opposition than, you know, n- uh, just people with families. So.
1: I definitely feel for everyone. I, I think you bring up a good point. Like the way, I mean, everybody's going through the exact same thing right now. It's just where you are in life is making you experience it in a different way. Um, I mean, I think. I think it's fair for everyone to feel a bit envious of someone else. You know, I mean, I feel, I feel envious of people who are married or people who have a significant other by their side. Um, Cause I don't have that right now and that's pretty tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, everybody is experiencing the same thing just in a different way. And he also brings up a good point. Like I, I have to constantly remind myself, like, Hey, this is, this is not a great situation, but I do still have my job. I am still working from home, you know, not worrying about paying rent in New York with no paycheck. So, you know, for those things, we have to remind ourselves to be grateful.
0: I've been married with um, my partner with Daisy for 12 years now. And I remember early on in our marriage when we were first living in um, Northern Virginia, um we were it was our first year of marriage and that year was the first year that they had this huge snowstorm and they shut down um they shut down everything for about two weeks pretty much so we were home for two weeks from work and uh we we stocked up on everything and we were ready to stay at home no kids just the two of us in the first few days you know we stayed home oh this is really nice it's really romantic, blah blah blah. We don't have to worry about anything. And I have to say, after about maybe the fifth day, we were just we just got this point where like, I hate you, this is boring. <laughs> Why don't we move here? I'm miserable, don't look at me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um we learned our lesson that first year of marriage and um, you know, of course, now, we've definitely worked through that. You know, we, we're on week three, actually, of being home. Um, yeah. And our, our focus isn't so much on keeping ourselves, you know, myself or Daisy entertained. It's really just keeping the focus on the children and making sure that they don't go stir crazy. And that there has been a right. fun and challenge. How's New York City? I mean, I we see a lot of New York City in the news right now, Sherry. And, you know, it's... It's a new epicenter, um, but I mean, are you able to get out? Are you able to walk around? Do exercise? Yeah,
1: I I have to say I'm thankful that I'm away from the news. Like you know, at work I have, at work I have CNN, I have MSNBC, I have BBC, I have whatever you can think of, right? But being at home, I don't I don't have that TV in my face, so. Um, Whatever you guys are seeing, I'm kind of happy I'm not seeing it. <laughs> uh, but you know, like on the same token, I know that it might seem like it's really bad and it's really scary. But you know, being here in the heart of the city, like in Manhattan, it's it's really it's not terrible. I mean, I look out my window and I don't see people walking around like usual. And yesterday I did go for a walk. I went to Times Square and I went to the to Grand Central Terminal and it's so weird like you just see sparse amounts of people like milling about and just kind of keeping their distance from each other um it gets weird being in those types of places that you normally have like tourists everywhere and it's just people going through and there's just yeah. like it's like it just feels like a ghost town yeah but it's 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 also kind of comforting in a way because you know that that means people are you know doing their part and staying inside yeah um so you know it's it's weird i haven't been on the subway in, in a while like um, um you know just like it is a bit like nerve-wracking to go out to go get groceries but you know you got to do it and um so and and it's nice that we can get out so yeah. okay
0: so I, i've always been curious um Like, how do New Yorkers, how do you go about doing grocery shopping? Because it's totally not like how we do it in Texas, right? You just drive up to H-E-B, you load up your truck, and you're good to go.
1: Uh, Well, for one thing, if anyone who's listening right now is thinking about moving to New York City, no one ever tells you about grocery shopping here, okay? It's like H-E-B is Godsend. I I miss H-E-B so much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like in New York, it's whatever you can carry and in your your apartment, it's whatever you can store. So, you know, to be honest, before this even all started, I was, I was just not grocery shopping. Um, it's just, it's just so much easier to just order, order out at every meal or go out with friends or whatever, um. So, yeah, I mean, grocery shopping is also expensive here. Like, it, I didn't really feel like I was saving much money by grocery shopping, but maybe now that I'm doing it, I actually am saving money by grocery shopping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just I throw two or three of my, um, my reusable grocery bags in my bag and... I just kind of, whatever I can carry in those is yeah. what I buy. Any more than two or three bags, it's weights too heavy. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, seven or eight streets.
0: The first time I recognized the challenge of grocery shopping in a big city was when my friend from Texas um, Taekwondo way back in the, in the day, Wei Lee, after he graduated from college, he moved up to Brooklyn. And I went to visit him. And it's funny because he's always showing off all of his new things and stuff like that. And he showed off, <laughs> he showed off um, his brand new collapsible shopping cart, <laughs> right? Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I was <laughs> like, "What? You know?" Because dude, like, check it out. Look at
1: this. It's so cool.
0: Exactly. It, it was so hilarious. I he showed it to me. He's like, "Dude, check this out. I have this collapsible shopping cart." And I was like, "Are you serious? You know." You, Here's a guy that showed off his big, red, shiny truck back in the day. Now you're showing off a collapsible shopping cart. What a a downgrade. Yeah, I thought it was a big joke. (laughs) So in his it wasn't a downgrade. He showed it off. He took a few pictures and showed it to me. And I was like, okay, all right. But then it made sense because he doesn't drive anywhere for groceries. In fact, he sold his truck. And he would walk to... The nearest grocery store and so you know he didn't want to carry everything so he said yeah man with this new collapsible shopping cart I'm a king down here or up here I'm like, I'm not,
1: man. <laughs> shout out to way
0: yeah, so you, you, you do you king of New York City
1: <laughs> like,
0: man I never want to live in New York City now but
1: uh. <laughs> oh man it's a different world up here that's for sure
0: I just want to take the time to say I'm really, I'm really proud and I really, um, I really admire that you you stepped off the ledge, Jerry, and you took the risk. And even though a lot of things didn't line up perfectly at first, um, but you you made the move to New York City. And um, I think that goes for all of y'all. Actually, I mean y'all are in this, all in the same class, and y'all kind of spread out into the wind, went different places, and yet here we are.
1: I have yeah. to say though um I uh I was definitely very sad. I remember that phone call that I made to Abby actually to tell him that I got a job in New York and that was the same phone call that Abby told me he was moving back to Texas. So that was that was a bit tough for the two of us and you know he was out in Arizona for those two years and two like, three years? I don't even know.
2: Yeah, two ships passing yeah, in basically. Yeah. I remember that phone call. Well, how was that phone
0: yeah. call? I mean, was it, I guess, was it like a happy, sad thing?
1: Oh, definitely. Crying, yeah.
2: laughing. Well, I mean, <laughs> like for me, um, when I was in Arizona and um, and for, guys, for people who don't know, I moved to Tucson, Arizona, because I got a job there right after college. And, you know, I wasn't too, like... I was definitely open to it. I was like, hey, let's see how it goes. Keep an open mind, um, you know. But I really, I moved there for the job. And I always, when I was there, I always kind of felt like, man, I miss Texas so much, specifically Houston. Um, I miss being near my friends, being close to Texas Taekwondo. And whenever I came back to Houston, um, Sherry, I almost always got to see Sherry. No matter what, like, um, how little time I came back we usually couldn't make time to see each other. And so I always felt like if my friends are in Houston or even in Austin, like they're always an arms reach away. Like everybody, like it's just dependent on me to come back and I know I'll make the effort. So everybody was just like an arms reach away from me. So yeah. when Sherry was like, yeah, I'm moving to New York city. It's, it's slowly. It, that's when I was like, man, that's uh now it's like, I can't reach that far. Um <laughs> But obviously, I was happy for her. Like I know, like she wanted to. She, she, I knew she was eventually going to move out, um, and that she managed to get transferred up there. So I was really happy for her that she moved to New York City and not, you know, somewhere that she wouldn't have like a, you know, a decent life or just maybe not be as and not have as much fun.
0: Like I I went through the same thing after college. um, After getting married in Texas, both my wife and I moved up to uh, the DC region. And I don't know about y'all, but it I almost felt like it was stepping off a ledge, but you you, you kind of have to, you know. um like you don't know what what's gonna be on the other side, but you still know you want to step off that ledge and you know go forth on that adventure. Um, and, you know, looking back at it, I realized it was too necessary. Um, you know when i when I lived outside of Texas, it made me realize how much more I missed it, how much more. I loved it. Things I took for granted, like Shipley Donuts. um, (laughs) 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 You know, those small little details I took for granted. Um, So it's, I think, for me, you know, it's, yeah, it's really necessary. And I know a lot of, a lot of seniors right now in Texas Taekwondo, as they adjust and prepare for that next stage in life, they're all asking those types of questions. Should should I step away You know, because we're starting this pattern of Texas Taekwondo graduates still stick around a year or two after they graduate. And, you know, is is it fair? You know, kind of like Coach Joe. He's been with Texas Taekwondo forever, (laughs) you know? He's kind of like the man in the lighthouse.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that it's a totally fair feeling to feel and, um you know, for me, I may have moved back to Houston right after graduation, but I still competed and that's how I stayed connected with Texas Taekwondo. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, moving up here, I haven't I haven't been competing. So that's been a hard adjustment. And I truly, truly miss, you know, being out there and seeing everyone and cheering everyone on. But I think if you're a senior right now and you're asking yourself that question, um. I I think you just got to go for it Uh, like you said it's necessary and you know like Avi said he was in Arizona I was in Texas but we always saw each other one way or another you know Daniel is like my best friend and like he just came up to New York City before all this started and like no matter what you do um Texas Taekwondo will always, always provide that sense of community, whether you're in UT or somewhere else in the world. And you know, if you yeah. if you want to stay connected, like it's it's so easy to, you know, like uh, Texas Taekwondo invites its alumni back all the time. So if you're if you're scared or if you're you know really seriously considering moving away somewhere else and that's fine. Like, be scared. It's scary, but like, don't be scared that you're going to lose those connections because they will always be there.
2: If you make so, the effort, to... you'll definitely be able to meet everybody you, you want to meet. Yeah. Like, I have to give
0: Abby mad props because I think Abby would still fly out and catch your matches, Sherry.
1: Yeah. He yeah. did that, I think, in Vegas.
0: In Vegas. For
2: yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah vegas
1: <laughs> us open yep.
2: i think it was yeah um yeah. i remember you had uh, the previous year for us open um mm-hmm. you would share you'd asked me to kind of come up and I, I i wasn't able to make it work just with work schedule so i felt i felt kind of bad so i was like i need to go and like actually see her like when we're matches and you'd always kind of been telling me like how um you'd been uh now you kind of have like a different fighting style and how it's like um you know you kind of train differently so i was also super curious to see that too um so yeah i wanted i i wanted to kind of make the trip up there of course you know it's vegas so uh, i had extra incentive to go um (laughs) but it was it was great It, it was great that i could just you know um hang out with you and then go and eventually see like, you know, Mike and Daniel and Hector and Joe. and um, Yeah. If you make the, if you make the effort, um, you can have your cake and eat it too.
0: Sherry, you're you're talking about how now in New York city, um, you're not training in Taekwondo anymore or competing anymore. I mean, is it, is it something that you're still working towards or you're exploring other options? I mean, what's, uh, what's the situation look like?
1: Uh, it's a it's a really hard question to answer. Um, I have hesitated to say that I retired um, because I just, I don't know. It's like, you know, I took the past year off because I wanted to experience the city and I wanted to do some things that I hadn't been able to do as a 20-something. Um, but it's it's in the back of my mind all the time. And, you know, like it's funny. I, um, I have coach Andrea's, uh, uh, gear and I asked her, I was like, do you want me to return it to you? Like, I just feel bad because I have it and I'm not using it. And, you know, she told me, she was like, you return it to me when you're, when you're done. Like when you say you're done, when you don't need it anymore, that's when you can give it back. And in coach Andrea's eyes, she, she told me, she was like, I don't think you're done yet, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't think she's wrong either, uh, to be honest with you guys about February. I was kind of researching some Taekwondo schools in the area. I was trying to think of how this could be a feasible thing to do. Yeah. Um, I told my boyfriend that I wanted to, I told my boyfriend that I was considering competing at nationals (laughs) this year. but now I don't know if Nationals is even happening. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, gosh, that would have been awesome because yeah. it's in San Antonio this year.
1: I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I just know that I miss it. I just know that it's something that I'm good at and that I'm passionate about. And, you know, I, it's, it's been heavily on my mind, like, yeah. what I can do. But when I do go out, you know, and when I try to get some exercise, I always find myself doing my, my same like pre-competition warm ups, my same like, you know, some kicking drills. Like I'm always kicking around at my friends and at my at <laughs> the subway platform. He's like, "Do you have to do this right here?" And I'm just like, "Yes, yes, I do."
0: He <laughs> almost kicked me in the face.
1: Uh, yeah, it's fine. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, have you thought about maybe going the um Coach Daniel route and exploring other martial arts? I mean I hear Coach Daniel's willing to mix martial arts right now.
1: I thought about it, uh but I don't know. It's just like I get I get really angry honestly when I try to like <laughs> branch out a little bit because 'cause I'm like, why do I need to why do I need to spend the effort to find a new hobby? Why do I need to find something new that like I already know what I like?
0: Okay. Okay. No, Maybe one of these days, uh, Coach Daniel can uh feature his mixed martial arts and we'll lobby we'll be convinced and jump on board.
1: Yeah, actually, I think I tried to play spar with Daniel when he was up here and he started throwing some MMA moves at me. I was like, whoa, 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 that's not in the rule book. When did that become okay? So just, just, grabbing, to punch
2: just grabbing you and taking you down and you're just like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, like sweeping the leg. I was like, what? That's a Kyungo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, this is the truth. It's like
0: um after after college for me i explored um boxing for a year or two and i have to admit i loved it it was awesome it was good to kind of com- um not completely turn away from taekwondo but really put it like completely focus my energy on something brand new and I had so much fun with boxing um it was this this place in austin called bruce's bruce's k o and I think he's since retired but it was just really fun um and you know uh, at the time way way lee was still living in austin so we actually trained at that boxing gym together so there was still the taekw- texas taekwondo connection there um and then later on in virginia i um there's a period of time i started training at a Krav Maga school which is really neat too so it, it was neat to explore other martial arts it's something that i i had always wanted to do um and i have to admit I was able to find ways mentally and physically to help um, apply some of those training or what I've gained in those other styles into into taekwondo. Even though I'm not really competing in taekwondo
2: anymore, I don't know. All you guys say you retired. Who knows? You guys might all pull a Coach Joe and just decide to compete at nationals one day, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah.
1: Shout out to Coach Joe, man. I was like, I was so surprised. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, He, he duped us all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so so Cher we all thought he was just going to go there to coach and it wasn't until like a day or two before that he goes oh yeah I'm competing by the way like what <laughs>
1: uh, well you know I read his Facebook post about that and his experience and um, I think he at one point talked about pressure and how he was afraid to say it too soon or else you know people would expect things from him yeah i'm pretty sure he wrote that i don't think i'm imagining that but um you know i I can relate to that and i i respect his decision to keep it under wraps um to see that like to see the announcement through instagram uh like i just felt nothing but happiness like it was so cool uh Actually, I, I, I changed my statement. I felt a little bit of sadness because I knew I had been off the circuit and I wished so bad that I was there to see it. But, um, you know, that was super cool. Super. Cool. It
0: was, I find it funny, Sherry, that you and I, like months or maybe a year before Coach Joe went to U.S. Open, we joked about it, how I guess it was close to his birthday, and you were like, hey, is Coach Joe an ultra senior now? And we were all like, what? I don't know, maybe, is he going to compete? Nah, he'd never compete. And then, bam, here we are.
1: Oh, man. It's like he knew that we had that conversation. <laughs>
0: um, but what I really like from the overall message of that, that it sent, was there's really no dictated or set timeline of when you're supposed to accomplish what you want to accomplish, Right. I mean, yeah. I think that's a trap that a lot of us fall into right after college. That, and I don't, I don't know if it's like an Asian parent culture thing or what, but you know, I for some reason I just had this natural um, timeline in my head. Like, okay, by this age, I should be working full time. By this age, I should be married. By this age, I, I should have kids. And I, unbeknownstly, I actually kind of followed that timeline. And in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, oh, it's only just to make my parents proud, to make my parents happy. But, you know, it, it also, I could see it causing a lot of stress if you don't hit certain goals at a certain timeline. Ooh, yeah. Is, we, we, we create this timeline that's so linear when it's more of like a web type structure, right? It's, it's asymmetrical yeah. in many different directions.
2: Mike, I told myself that I would get married by 28. I'm a year and a half away from 28. That is not happening <laughs> until like 35 Shotgun wedding, Shotgun I, wedding. I gave myself way more. Back to Vegas. Vegas too. Back
3: to
2: Vegas. Vegas the sequel. If it happens, I honestly will, it, it'll be a blur, <laughs> and I'll just be like, I can't really explain how this happened. I clearly just got you know, told that this is what was happening, and I said, okay, and just went with it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, Abby, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot can happen in a year and a half. But whatever you do, if you do meet a girl in that year and a half, please, for the love of God, give her more than thirteen dollars worth of gifts. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That, sounds
0: like, that sounds like there's a story behind that.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> oh,
2: man. <laughs> oh, I feel uh, like a we lot. Can, of-
1: we can- is it an abbreviated version or you know,
2: abbreviated you can tell the story you abbreviated version is I dated a girl in high school um, for fourteen months yeah something like that fourteen months and that's you a know, long I was time in high, in high school, school I didn't have a job we were on you know our parents' money obviously so I was very careful with how I spent that. And I ended up spending a grand total of $13 over those 14 months, which averages out to less than a dollar. Wow. Yeah. So if anything, all the guys can be asking me about pro tips about how to save money.
0: The way I see it, you're breaking out of the traditional norms of having to spend a lot of money on a girl to impress her, right? I mean, that's the way I see it. I've since
1: okay okay I see you're trying to spin everything here
0: (laughs) (laughs) but of course if if Daisy were in the room with me I'd have it totally different
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've since wised up um, once I realized how you know once you get a job and again only providing for myself but once you realize like oh I don't know why my dad was so cheap like what the heck <laughs> like, my dad was always supposed, to, like you know, like uh, oh hey dad, can I get this? Like wait till your birthday or summer. We don't really celebrate Christmas, so it's just birth- your birthday or summer. Um, and so wh- Now that I have a job, like dad, why you? Have- why were you like that? Like what the heck were you so cheap for? You know, so like Sherry uh, has um, seen me a little more break out of that you know cheap shell. Um, recently, yeah. so like yeah I mean the I guess that's that's the gist of it, but yeah the point being like you know we all set our these arbitrary goals without too much reason to it, and when you don't hit them it's you just kind of you know you get dejected, and you really shouldn't yeah. be now my new goal is like thirty five to get married even if I don't hit that if i if I don't hit that that's pretty bad, but like you know if I don't hit that whatever forty eight you know Okay, fair
0: enough. Okay. Kind of re- re-explore. I think it's funny how, you know, and I totally relate to you, you know, being frugal and trying to get the maximum value out of a dollar. Yeah. But, you know, before and looking at us now, like whenever we're out in a group and we're we're, we're you know, going out to a restaurant on something, we compete. We actually fight and compete over who picks up the tab. Have you noticed that we
2: get into this weird um, hang war, so to say? We do. It's yeah. Um, and I usually really just at least try and make an initial effort to be like, oh, I'll pay for it. Oh, you got it. OK, cool. Go for it. It,
0: and it's turned into this game of one upmanship, right? <laughs> Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, I, you know, uh, I'm not an engineer. Um, so I, I don't think I've quite reached that level, uh, in a group setting, but, you know, when it's just me and one other person or me and two other people, that, then I feel that way. But, um, in terms of, you know, that, that is a goal that I have, uh, <laughs> is to, to one day make enough money to be able to pick up the tab for a big group and not think twice about it. But, um, uh, yeah, like it's, it, it is a goal and I'm still working towards that, but it is funny, you know. I
2: mean, we We don't don't really do it for huge groups. It's only just, you know, between like a couple, two or three guys. So it's, you know, that's all about it. It's about it.
3: It's a war that has no end game. I think it's just (laughs) a
1: war that has no end game. All of our
3: cultures individually um, develop this, you know, this habit. And we're all just expressing that against each other.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's true, it's classic cultures, but similar. Um, Like, Coach Joe and I have been in the same paying war for, God knows, like 15 years. And 15 years ago, I had the advantage just because I was older than him. Um, But lately, uh, the the, the power sphere has been shifting a bit, especially since I saw him fight at at US Open. (laughs) So I kind of have to go tell a little bit more.
1: If y'all really want to have a, a pay fight, why don't you just get in the ring and you know Ooh. whoever kicks the other one in the head first—that's usually how it went. Uh,
0: you know, I mean, I think we're we're all at different paths and we bring different different things. We might have to uh, modify the rules a bit, especially since <laughs> Daniels in MMA now. That's true. Daniel, what's with the takedown? Although, I would like to see Daniel go up against coach joe coach joe has a very strong wrestling background i'd love to see you test that out
2: i would also like to see that wait have y'all ever seen him wrestle Uh uh-uh not really Mm -hmm. oh okay okay i just feel like daniel would have the best facial expressions um (laughs) going into that (laughs) i could (laughs) just see joe just like (laughs) <laughs> tossing him around and he just
3: and
1: Daniel We're not not here here
3: at the end of the like end of every year. We usually do, you know, after we'll do something where we just mess around and you know, we'll do jujitsu. Uh, or you know, I think we did wrestling one time. Uh, and Coach Joe just taught everyone wrestling, Ooh. and basically, uh, about what you described happened. Uh, Can he you say just that again? handled everyone, uh, <laughs> including <laughs> myself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's correct. I didn't know what to do. Um,
0: Man, I, I I wish I were there for that. When um when he was a freshman, he I mean so he wrestled a lot in high school. So coming in as a freshman at UT, uh, he was still pretty good shape for wrestling, and his neck was like a he had no neck. It was like a thumb. You could take a thumb and draw a smiley face on it. And that was Coach Joe. And I had started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I have a little bit of a judo background as well, so. You know, that first year I met him, it was all about testing the waters. We were just getting used to each other. And, you know, we would try to one-up each other in Taekwondo. And then when I learned that he did wrestling, I was like, okay, let's try our ground game, buddy. And uh, God dang it, if he weren't – I mean, he was faster in ground game than I was too. I hated it. But, yeah, he was just so fast in wrestling. He, he has a really good ground game.
2: He had you kiss on the knee before you face. knew it. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I wonder if they have an ultra-senior wrestling division.
3: You can always compete in sumo.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. That was for you. That That was for
3: you, Coach Mike. (laughs) Not for me. Oh, you son. Got him. Hey, I I might join you with the Uh, way I've been eating these past few weeks. Ooh, I, I I used to be on a bulk, and now I'm just on a, a gorge. I guess is what we yeah. call it.
0: So has this whole um, you know staying at home thing real? It's definitely affected yeah, your eating. Yeah, I mean,
3: a little bit. I, I've definitely craved more sweets and stuff, um, and it's it's changed the way that I just approach health. Like I'm running now. I I mm-hmm. think I got away with not running for about two years in a row, two years straight uh i went for two mm-hmm. runs in these past weeks uh, it was rough on my knees rough on mm-hmm. my hips but uh you got to make do cuz gym's closed you yeah. know um can't can't pump iron anymore been doing yoga yeah yeah um, which is not something I, I ever thought i'd see myself doing
0: yoga's is no joke yeah. man yoga kicked yeah. my ass oh, man
3: I tried, I tried yoga
2: before and, and when I was in Arizona, and I, and I was getting through it, but I accidentally kind of like let out a fart in one of the classes. And I, just, I never, I would never went back. I left my yoga mat. I spent $30 on a yoga mat that's still somewhere in a gym in Tucson, Arizona, but I didn't have, the, I was way too shameful to go and pick it up. Um, and I remember too, when I was moving back to Houston, I was like, I spent 30 bucks on that. I was like, no, you, you should never, show, you should never show up there again. <laughs> it was
3: that <laughs> oh a, a little more than a fart. <laughs> oh man! Also expensive for a yoga mat. I hope it wasn't the hot yoga It would just permeate, was
1: like,
2: you know. I don't know. I just like I, I when I let it out, like the fat dude next to me was like, "Dude, what the heck?" Or like he didn't say <laughs> that. But he he, would, he just gave me that look, and I was like, "I'm sorry. I sh- I'm gonna. I'm, I shouldn't be here." <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, you could always pick it back oh, up man. now in the comfort of your own home, where there's no one but your family to to hear and smell you. <laughs> <I'm> Offend? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is
0: kind of a, a tangent, but it's it's somewhat relatable. Um, so, uh, Paul Cho. Texas Taekwondo alum, Paul Cho, who was um, at one time Sherry's teacher, uh, he he gave me a little bit of uh, teaching wisdom. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, we used to teach class all the time together when I was a freshman and he was a few years older than me. He let me in on this little secret. He goes, "Um, so if ever you, you see like an old Korean master having the class count out really, really loud (laughs) <laughs> and then you see the cream masters kind of walk around checking the
1: technique. They want to
0: go back. You couldn't kind of make the way to the back of the classroom, but they're still kind of having fun count really powerful. They have to let out a
1: fart.
0: <laughs> I was like, is that why you always go to the back of the class,
1: Paul? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and we got a good laugh. Um, but yeah, so whenever uh, you're in an old traditional... How into the school and you see a, the master kind of walk to the back and everyone's shouting really loud. You'll you'll know why.
2: <laughs> I'll keep it. A, I'll keep it oh, in mind when that tries that.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that Daniel's still getting his workouts in, even though he's adjusting it. You know, no more no more big gains for now, right? No more big weights. It's no, Kind uh, of I mean, outdoor I, equipment. A of
3: pull-up bar, really, it's indoor equipment now. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I miss it. Um, weightlifting, definitely. It was definitely very different from Taekwondo. They're both individual sports, but powerlifting, especially if you do it more recreationally like Mm -hmm. I did, um, it's very much a test of yourself. There's no, there's no opponent. The weights always weigh the same. It's, it's about how you perceive them, how you move them. Um, and it was very meditative. I would almost say, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I agree I'm, with I'm you. i so bummed. I hit, I hit a 315 squat. I was <clears throat> I was ready to go. I was ready to make some huge, huge gains and three, yeah.
0: three plates. Uh, that's a big milestone.
3: But you know what? Um, just gotta just gotta do what I can and know that the iron will be there when you come back. It's not going anywhere.
1: You know, me personally, I have never quite understood the appeal of picking heavy things up and putting them back down, but uh, i've been here for daniel throughout the entire time he's been doing it and it's you know it's kind of sad that he doesn't send me videos or he doesn't tell me like dude i just hit this deadlift <laughs> and i'm just like yeah good job <laughs> so just know that when you get back to the iron i will be here for you too oh
0: <laughs> Bobby, you still hitting 50 push-ups
2: uh, if I'm, I don't, I don't even know if I could do that right now. <laughs> uh, like, I don't, I don't know. I could probably knock out like 35 if I, and if I of the tiger are playing, I can probably do 45. But I don't know if I can get to 50. <laughs> no joke, man. That's a good song. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that's what I literally played at work when somebody called me out. And all these, like, you know, all the veterans were like, oh, you probably wouldn't make it, you probably wouldn't make it. I was like, I can make it, you play that song, and I'll hit 50.
0: Wait, so did you actually (laughs) take the time to set up the song before you did your push-ups?
2: Yeah, I told him I wasn't (laughs) going to do it unless I set up the song. Um, And I waited till till the beat drops, like, maybe I'm like a – 45 seconds in before i actually started doing it i told him like i i, I can't do it if it's not on when the beat drops so it's true you know, and they all were like fine he's being whiny but you know we want to just see that's him push up, so
0: you should jump on board that push-up um challenge that's going on right now oh there's yeah. I, yeah, I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's
3: like a social media chain thing it's you know see a push-up send a push-up kind of thing um I I don't I don't I don't know I don't know uh, I, I just
2: pretty
0: much
3: I, I mean there's everyone doing the basic you know c10 <laughs> do 10 kind of thing but then I've seen some I've seen some people take it up a notch That's uh, the I know yeah. uh, Aiden our very own Aiden Rivas um, was uh, he felt it was a little too easy so he Why? was doing one-arm push-ups uh, you know yeah exactly show off i I tried one and i fell on my nose after (laughs) the down of the very first one so oh impressive i'll give it to him um
1: i actually did it and i am aware that it was not that great but coach mike just felt the need to call me out on it and tell me (laughs) my first game compared to afi and First of all, I told him, I was like, look, I never had anything on Avi's push-up game. So, like, don't ask me. And then I was, like, thinking back to, like, 2015 South by Southwest. When me and Avi did this, like, push-up challenge. And he did, like, 140 or something. And I got 35. Wait,
3: yo, Avi, didn't, didn't you have to do one-arm push-ups that one happened. time? You know? That, that one uh, time, you know? Yeah, yeah I did. Right, right before collisions. Oh, yeah.
2: Joe called them tripods.
3: <laughs> for context, for context, uh, Coach Abi was uh, it was it a full break or uh, dislocation?
2: It was a boxer's fracture. It sounds better when you say a boxer's fracture. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a boxer's fracture. Like I, you know, I, you know, like it was like an actual. You know, I threw a punch and uh, I connected with like my pinky. And my pinky just kinda like was like, nah, I'm good and it broke. And so I had a boxer's fracture. So that sounds way cooler than whatever else Daniel was gonna say.
0: <laughs> well it all happened leading up to collegiates for you. And you you had to train with one hand, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I had to do everything with one hand. Um luckily it was my right hand, so I could still kinda like write like, you know, take notes. Granted, I never took notes anyway, so that was, you know, good. Uh, (laughs) um, I managed to, like, type with one hand um, and, like, my lab partners are like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you just typing with one hand? I was like, I don't know, man. And, um, yeah, I had to do every, I had to kind of pretty much uh, do our workouts with one hand. You know, you can make it work. Uh, You're not going to get the the best, uh, effort of with the, then how you would do with two hands, but you can make it work You can still get your workout in. Um, you just got to make sure you don't further injure yourself and you're protecting yourself too. I mean, it's crazy. There's always someone on team or someone that's competing that
0: breaks a hand. I mean, the most recent one was, um, Danielle. Right.
2: And then I remember like oh. Andrea broke her hand around the time that I broke my hand and we we're like
3: twins
2: and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I did not know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were like training buddies. It was pretty, it was pretty inspirational. Not going to lie.
3: Oh, yeah. that's kind of cute. The weirdest you know, thing here in Texas Taekwondo.
1: Remember that time when oh. Oh. Ethan, this is like sophomore year, Ethan like, hurt his ankle or something <laughs> and for halloween daniel dressed up like ethan and like, wrapped up his ankle and got a go wow, i didn't sandwich. do i didn't have a costume
3: plane. Wow. we're doing a halloween costume <laughs> practice um and ethan was just there being all mopey and i showed up and i'm like hey we're, we're both wearing the same color shorts no. and the same color shirt i didn't have a costume so I, I go into the closet and we have a pair of crutches just lying around i think it's still still hanging out there so i pull that out and then i wrap my leg up and Oh, man, I'm not going to say uh, what he said to me, but very, very choice words coming from Ethan. Um, but then again, he was used to it. Uh, I, I gave him so much crap. That was actually – It's I wish somewhere, I it's somewhere. So if you go, go back you in see? Texas Taekwondo Facebook and you look up our Halloween, uh, Halloween practice 2015, I think. It's there.
2: Oh, it's a time
3: yeah. that Daniel no, in front of the cripples. But... No, it was something like team team bonding activities, you know. Hashtag twins.
1: Oh, oh man. Gotta go dig all yeah, this stuff I'm trying, up. I'm
3: trying to get off Facebook, but that's that's the stuff that keeps me coming back. It's like all all my college history, I don't take pictures, but other people do. So it's all there.
1: So speaking of history, um when Daniel came to New York City, I introduced him to my boyfriend. Oh. and uh it was a really nice meeting. you know, we all hung out. we had a fun time, hung out in the little east side and uh you know, obviously, I've told my boyfriend many, many things about Daniel, you know um and it you know something came up, a memory came up, and I wanted to show him a photo. so I showed him this photo of Daniel and me, and I forgot that oh. he didn't know that Daniel used to have a ponytail, so when I showed him this photo, my boyfriend would be like. That's Did you really Daniel? have to bring that
3: back?
1: <laughs> he had oh. a ponytail? What?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no. Of course I had to bring it back.
3: <laughs> Dark times. Oh. Man. Remember the time you you cut my ponytail but, uh, with safety scissors?
1: They were not safety scissors, but yes, I told Daniel lost a bet, so we honored the bet, and I cut his ponytail outside the Last of my samurai dinner.
2: style.
0: Is that how we lost That's a good Ponytail. Is that how you lost the ponytail? Is that when you transitioned to this new uh, and current so form of that, Daniel time, that yeah, we all know and sure, love?
3: It, it was just a few inches off, but right after that, I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? It's, 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 a, it's a loss. It's a, you know, just write it off. So I went over to, uh, to Bird's, wow. the one by H-E-B, and uh, just got the rest of it cleaned up. That was a turning point. That was a turning point in my life. You're welcome. <laughs> well, hey, at so, least
1: it was better than, uh, you know, obby chasing you into the corner. You know, I totally, I thinking, I totally so. blacked that
3: one I out of my memory. That. Probably the best.
0: One of the things that I really like from hearing about this is I guess there is a pattern, a long standing pattern of in Texas Taekwondo for making fun of the person with the long hair. <laughs> um, so, you know, for y'all, it's. Like <laughs> right, me, it's Coach Joe.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> Coach Joe.
0: You know, I'm always bringing it up, and he's always trying to downplay it. Like, oh, you know, it, it, it was nothing. But we we gave him so much crap for it. Um, <laughs> so I, I do my best <laughs> to keep all the old pictures of Coach Joe with his long. I mean, not just what. Not only was it long, it was blonde. What? Um, I didn't hear the blonde. Yeah, it, it not like,
1: not like a, it
0: wasn't like a bleach blonde. It was kind of like a dirty blonde or something. I don't know. It was definitely colored. What at one time? I think it was. <laughs> I, I think it might have been like there might have been some streaks in it. Anyway, you know my my very first impression of Coach Joe when he stepped into um, the mat room was who's this? Um, who's this broke ass Ken? Street Fighter 2 wannabe. Street Fighter <laughs> Two. <laughs> his his hair reminded me of Ken from Street Fighter Two. Uh, but uh, you know, he's he's since had the transformation. Um, much like Daniel. So, you know, it's it's all in the past, but yeah, it's interesting how Texas Taekwondo has their history of poking fun at the, the guy with the long hair.
2: Let us be a
1: lesson yeah. to all of you. Maybe, maybe it's more
3: of a general thing. Of Texas Taekwondo as a history of helping people make changes in their lives. We'll sum it up that way.
0: It's about the transformation, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. Not so much the discriminate discriminatory <laughs> aspect of long hair.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, we give each other so much crap, but it's it's how we show our love. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. I have to admit, when um, so when y'all were in school, I was still in in the D.C. area, and I would come back and check the Facebook page, and I would see, I'd always see y'all and maybe Abraham and and, and Hector and all. And it just it all seemed like a very tight knit social group, and I remember thinking, like, man, they seem like a bunch of, you know, goofy kids," but I have to admit kind of want to hang out with them maybe some of these days one of these days but uh, i'm it's really cool to see that you know this class y'all's class still
2: just as goofy still keep in touch and they're fairly tight-knit yeah we're still goofy kids yeah
1: <laughs>
2: apparently <laughs> some of some, you know some of the athletes have seen me just like goofing off like you know just being stupid <laughs> and they're like this guy is supposed to be <laughs> helping us out <laughs> yeah, that's the tough part. You got to be an adult, man. Eh, sometimes, I mean, yeah, for the most part, you do have to be an adult. But I mean, Mike, I've told you this. You're as old as you feel, um, which is why, like, sometimes, like, if I'm acting like a kid, it's like I miss feeling like a kid and just not having to worry about old stuff. We got to worry about now, and it's it's just more fun. True. It's it's. I feel like it's a you know that's kind of like how I like to live life, and I feel like that's how Sherry and Daniel they. Want to let their kids sides out too, so yeah, be an adult. But you know, when you get time, just like let it loose and just be you, and you know, jump in a car car trunk every now and then. <laughs> oh
1: God!
3: <laughs> throwback. here we go again. Should I should I be mentioning this on
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. on the record?
3: Probably oh not. man. I think for the
0: most part, we have a fairly good overall balance of uh, every different personality and aspect at this stage. Um, you, you've got your Coach Joes, then you have your Obby's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the <weeks> that <laughs> You got the highest, you got the best of us. Coach,
3: and Coach then you Joe got in the driver's <laughs> seat, Coach Mike in the passenger seat, Coach Daniel in the back seat, Coach Obby in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Got a full car. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's that's one. That is one fun minivan ride right there.
1: Oh,
3: Turn man. this van
0: around. I'll I'll no, drive straight home, kids. It's gotta, it's
1: gotta home, be kids. a suburban. The
3: suburb Dan. <laughs> suburb Dan. Yeah, no. That one. The one time they upgraded us to a Chevy. Suburban. suburban. <laughs> Uh, at Collegiate's. We we're supposed to get like those, you know, those Chrysler minivans, oh. and they're like, "Oh no, we're all out. Whatever shall you do?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that was a trip. No, 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 no.
1: You're talking about Colorado, like my last. No, it was, uh, um, we had in California it was
3: um San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, and we we flew into uh, we flew into L.A. Actually, and we had to take like an hour, two-hour drive to San Diego, uh, and and the rental wow. cars they gave us, you know, everyone else got minivans. Wow. and I ended up with the uh, uh, oh, that was I felt like the Secret Service. It was a shame it was a white one and not a black one, but I was like, everyone, get in, let's go, <laughs> Autobots, roll out, <laughs>
0: no question. No questions.
3: Mm-hmm. Smooth, though. Those things are like we, uh, driving tanks. No, no, no unspecified miles per hour on the highway, but definitely above any speed limit. And no one noticed. People just slipped right through it. Were you blasting no, California I was, love? I was playing my you know, middle school pop punk playlist and people were skipping songs. People were skipping songs yeah, left and right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah.
1: Oh, and uh, Hector, if you're listening, uh, happy birthday to you. We hey. miss you.
0: Watch Coach Hector's birthday. What is he like, 50? <laughs> hey,
3: if
1: he's 50, what does that make up?
3: Fifty. <laughs> yeah, we're older than him. 53. <laughs> oh, y'all are older than him? Jeez. Yeah,
1: uh, baby.
3: <laughs> we are. Doesn't seem like it. Y'all him, are all but... babies. <laughs>
2: All right. Happy well, birthday, um, big boy. Yeah. Um <laughs>
0: Sherry, thanks again for joining us. Um really glad that you could um <laughs> I'm really glad to be with us here as we um you know kick off this podcast, uh this trend. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. This is Coach Mike signing in, signing off.
2: This is Avi See you guys later.
3: Coach Daniel, uh, hook him.
1: And Sherry, sending love from New York.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time hook them
1: yeah <sighs> yeah yep